0: Good morning, brothers and sisters. It is Friday, September 4th, and this is the last Cup of Joe podcast for this week. And thanks for coming along and uh, just opening yourself to saying, hey, what's what's in the Word of God for us today? Um, I, uh, I hope that wherever you are, uh, I hope that however this finds you, Uh, it finds you uh, just wrapped in the grace and the goodness of God and knowing of God's great love for you and uh, knowing again who you are at that uh, base level, uh, at that level of depth like we talked about yesterday. Hey, let's dive in. Uh, We are uh, continuing in uh, the fifth chapter of Luke today. We are going to be in verses 33 to 39. So Luke 5, 33 to 39. Let's open up God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The scribes and Pharisees said to Jesus, The disciples of John the Baptist fast often and offer prayers, and the disciples of the Pharisees do the same, but yours eat and drink. Jesus answered them, Can you make the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. And he also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new cloak to patch an old one. Otherwise, he will tear the new, and the piece from it will not match the old cloak. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be ruined. Rather, new wine must be poured into fresh wineskins. And no one who has been drinking old wine desires new, for he says, the old is good. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So... um, we skipped over a little bit in the Gospel of Luke. And so yesterday we ended with verse 11 when Peter fell at the feet of Jesus and said, Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. He said, Hey, we're going to be going out and catching uh, humanity. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of, of who you are uh, at the at the depth of who you are. You just got to put out into the deep. And that ended with 11. And so today we we begin with 33. I did not look at what we skipped over in the meantime. Meant to do that before I started, but I didn't. Uh, and so here we have Jesus teaching. And, uh, so let's, two points I want to make today. The first, let's talk about that idea of fasting. The Pharisees are coming to him, the scribes and saying, Hey, John, the Baptist disciples, uh, fast and, and offer prayers. Disciples of the Pharisees do the same, but yours don't. What's going on? Uh, why don't you? I think a couple, actually a number of things going on here, but at one level, at one level, not all levels, but at one level, I think this asks us, invites us, offers us the opportunity to ask ourselves, what is our image of God? Is our image of God, brothers and sisters, someone who needs to be appeased or someone with whom um, we have a a love relationship. Those are are two very different things because if I need to appease this person, if I need to mollify them, isn't that the the word? Um, Coddle them, if I need, this all becomes about power and control then, manipulation. But if it is indeed a love relationship, a relationship that is is built on mutual love and mutual understanding and mutual acceptance, those are different things. Excuse me, my voice is a little scratchy this morning. Um, And I will enter into it differently. I'm going to talk about the, you know, prayer and fasting in a bit here. And and I want you to hear those are valuable tools, can be valuable tools in our spiritual uh, toolkit. But brothers and sisters, if we are doing it because at some level... um, we are doing it so God is pleased with whatever spiritual mortification we are doing, then we are doing it for the wrong reasons. And I don't know that that's what the Pharisees were saying and and challenging him with. I don't know if that's why John's uh, disciples were doing it. I suspect not. But at some level, I think we have to ask ourselves that. Um, Because here's what I know. When Paul writes uh, what the fruit of the Spirit looks like, that we know God's presence is within and among us, in this relationship, in this moment, within me, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Those are the things that when the Spirit of God is present, those things are present because those are the fruits of God's presence. And joy, brothers and sisters, is number two. It's not number eight. Love and joy. That when God is present, there is joy and not mortification. Um, So if, again, we are doing this because God is this God who we image uh, maybe as an old man sitting on a throne, maybe a judge who's watching us and watching our every move, And, and when we get to the kingdom, he will be there, with arms crossed, and we will need to defend ourselves before him. That is one image of God. But if God is there and takes on the very skin and the very glance of the ones in our lives who loved us most and best, and that God continues to love us through them now or if they are in the kingdom, that that is what God will look like when we get to the kingdom, that God will come to us in the form of our mother or our father or our lover or our child or our best friend with arms wide out, ready for embracing, come home, my friend. We approach that in a different way. Now, again, brothers and sisters, make no bones about it. Make no mistakes. Prayer and fasting are great tools in every follower of Christ, every follower of of God. I I would talk to our Hebrew brothers, our Muslim brothers, anyone, you know, in the same way. That there are things and times we need to fast. When, When we are overwhelmed with life, we need to step back from it and And we call that going on retreat. Brothers and sisters, that's fasting. We need to fast from all the technology in our life, all those ways in which we can be um, uh, contacted and 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 found. There are times we don't we don't need that in our life, brothers and sisters. To disconnect can be a holy thing. There are ways and attitudes in our life from which we should fast. There are words in my life, ways I think of myself from which I should fast. Relationships in my life from which perhaps I need to fast from moments to moment. And prayer, brothers and sisters, is essential. We talked about that just days ago, that we need to pray without ceasing. That prayer is an attitude, it is an openness to the Spirit of God. It is that ability or or that desire to take on the very heart of God. And so these things are good. But again, the the question that I invite us forward, and, and, and then I'll stop on this point, is for what reason do we do them? The bridegroom tells us he's present, and that is a moment for joy. Jesus is reminding us the kingdom of heaven is not some distant place. It is here and now. And if, brothers and sisters, we can't see that today, then I think prayer and fasting can help us see that. But when we are present in that, oh, what that looks like is joy. What that looks like is joy. Second point I want to make here, uh, and that is this... uh, New wine into old wineskins, the patch uh, onto the uh, old cloak, new versus old. And that idea that sometimes they simply don't go along together. Jesus, you know, implies here that, that you don't you don't tear a, a patch off a new cloak and put it on the old because it's just not going to match. And, and then the one's going to shrink and, and, and it's going to tear. Or you don't pour new wine into old wineskins because the old wineskins have already stretched and if you put new wineskins in new wine in there, it's, it's going to try to take it to a new place when it ferments. And, and it's going to blow out the old wine skin. So what's he talking about? Again, I, I don't want to claim that I know even partially. You know, I certainly don't know fully. But I'd say this. This is, this is where I think he's inviting us. There are ways we think of God. There are ways we think of ourselves. There are ways we think of our life and who we are that perhaps need to be set aside. Maybe this is something we learned about who God is. Again, our our image of God when we were in second grade and the nuns taught us. That served us well when we were in second grade and we were 10 or 7 or, or got us through high school. <clears throat> that brothers and sisters, we don't need now because that was a child's image of God. And we were spoken to by the nuns or by our catechist teachers or by our, our parents in ways that a child would understand that don't serve us now. And maybe we understood God or ourselves in ways back then that don't serve us well now. Paul refers to it in one of his writings, and again, probably should have looked this up before I'm talking about it, but he talks about, you know, when, when I was a child, When this is Corinthians, he says that in, in Corinthians 13, but when I was a child, I thought like a child, I, I acted like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish ways. You know, in another one, and this was the one I was going to go to originally, Was he talks about the difference between, you know, when, when I was there teaching you, I was only giving you milk because that's all you could, could accept at the time, like mother's milk when we're infants, brothers and sisters. But I long to give you meat. I long to give you this idea, this deeper idea of who God is and therefore who you are and who, who we are as a, as a people, Brothers and sisters, is it time that we set aside some of our old ideas of who God is and who we are in order to to encounter this as adults and say, this is who God is, and thank you, God, for that. We'll never get our our minds and our our beings and our ideas and and breadth, and we'll never understand the breadth and depth and height of God but it's okay to put away those ones that are limiting God and limiting us because they don't serve us now. Last thing I'll say, brothers and sisters, we're living in tumultuous times. I don't know in my life and in your life that we've ever lived through more tumultuous times, times of unrest, times of unknowing, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of racial unrest, in the midst of an upcoming election that is important Something new is being birthed. And we all want to go back to what the normal was. But brothers and sisters, I don't think we can ever do that. Any more than after a child was born into our family that we can go back to being who we were. Because that stretches us into someone new and into something new. Remember this. God is bigger than all of this. And God lets nothing happen that he cannot redeem and make new. Whatever will be, will be. But where and how we will be on the other side of this, we will be new. And somehow it will reshape us and reshape our images of ourselves and our mortality and our country and our image of race and who we are and how we are together. It must reshape all those things. And we can't just try to go back to what it was because it's got something for us. And we can't put this new cloak that, that is being sewn back onto the old because something is going is to give. We must trust that whatever is being born, God is there too. He's already waiting for us. And we will be new on the other side of this too. Let's pray. Again, invite you to bring any intention uh, on your heart and your mind at this time uh, into our prayer. And so let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fifth glorious mystery. Uh, Mary is crowned Queen of Heaven. Brothers and sisters, thanks for opening up God's Word with me today. Blessings to you today. Blessings on your weekend ahead. I look forward to us opening God's Word again next week. God bless.